Welcome to the Ancestral Kitchen podcast with Alison, a European town dweller in central Italy, and Andrea, living on a newly created family farm in northwest Washington State, USA. Pull up a chair at the table and join us as we talk about eating, cooking, and living with ancient ancestral food wisdom in a modern world kitchen. Hi, Andrea. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. How are you? I'm good. It's the first very cold day here today, so it's a bit of a shock. Yeah. Um, but it looked very beautiful out the window, which was um, kind of a bonus, you know? Yeah. Yeah. White everywhere. How are you? I'm good, actually. Um, it's getting cold here, too. We've had some frost. Um, we've had a lot of flooding the last few weeks. It's been raining mm. uh, much much heavier rain than usual. I think a lot of creeks and rivers have passed boundaries that they haven't in, you know, 40 years. So lots of our favorite farms have been flooded completely. Um, A lot of the farming out here happens in the floodplain, you know, so they're expected, they expect some flooding and they're accustomed to it, but this kind of exceeded everything that everyone was accustomed to. So, you know, they have their systems in place for the normal amount of flooding, kind of like the mm. Nile, you know, <laughs> coming in and bringing all that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that rich, rich silt in. But um, this was much more than that. So lots of destruction that people are dealing with. And our own gravel road washed out twice. Um, so we just keep patching it up because we need to put a bridge in there. <laughs> I see. Yeah, so... Yeah, lots of water, lots of water. So this is yeah, this wow. is super exciting, Allison. Our last episode of the year. Mm. This weird. I can't believe it. I know. I yeah. I keep thinking back to when we started, and it was so cold, and I was huddled in front of the fire mm. down here, and we didn't know. Still, yeah. still don't know what I'm doing, but uh, we really didn't. Know what <laughs> <doing>. <laughs> uh, but here we are, finishing up the last episode. So first, I want to say thank you to the patrons who are helping us bring this all to your um, headphones or whatever you're listening on. So thank you to the patrons. We actually have two new patrons since the last time we talked. Dr. Kate, welcome. Thank you, Dr. Kate, for being a patron of the show. And Stephanie, um, thank you, Stephanie. And Stephanie was on our live cook-up that we did. So Mm. the quarterly cook-up that patrons are welcome to join. Allison and I in our kitchens, <laughs> cooking together and dealing with people. And she baked what I baked in that cook-up, yeah, which she is did. exciting. She made the castanaccio. She baked it. Yeah. She posted a picture yeah. on Instagram. We can tag that in the show notes so you guys can see her her mm. edition of it. So, yeah. So, thank you, patrons. We all, all of us. Yeah, I would just echo that. Thank you very much for... Um, to everyone really who supports us, we've got yeah. nine patrons now, wild. and it it just means the world to us because we you know we I sit down here, um, in the lower part of my house recording with um, you, Andrea, and you know it's very difficult to know where things go, how it hits, and and just every time that um, I get a notification of someone who has really gone out of their way to to support what we're doing, it it warms my heart and um, yeah. encourages me to, to carry on and do more. So thank Same. you. And I know that there's a lot of listeners who appreciate it as well. You know, they appreciate the patrons. Yeah. So 
<clears throat> Big thank you. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. Excuse me. Sorry, I agree. a little tickle there. And I also, I'd just, just like to thank everyone who's listened, everyone who's commented, everyone who's shared our stuff, everyone who's um, reviewed us, everyone who's yeah. really had any part yeah. in what we've done. It just, it, all that feedback is is so important and yeah. so um that word again heartwarming it's really such is. a like do you go onto instagram and it says somebody mentioned you in your stories and you're like what you know so then you go and you're yeah. like wow they posted my post or they talked about the podcast or whatever it's just yeah. so cool so um yeah we're not we're not like this corporate office where you you can post things and it goes into the void and we don't care like no we literally we message each other screenshots and we're like look <laughs> like when she posted <laughs> we get very excited so thanks you guys for that it really helps really helps yeah <clears throat> so, i could read yeah. we haven't read any of our apple reviews <laughs> and um i didn't even know we we had any until i went yeah onto apple podcast i was like, oh look there's some reviews yeah, here <laughs> how to do that so i'm impressed that you did and um i thought that i could read one of them yeah um because it. <laughs> um it might chime with other people who are listening so one. it's one that was left earlier on in the year yes yeah, a good one <laughs> it's a good one i'm not going to read the podcast <laughs> and um it, it seems like it's posted by someone called ck miller so if you're listening, thank you. And it's titled, I was thankful to find it. Oh. And this person says, I do love this podcast. I'm in the beginning stages of my journey and I appreciate that they talk about their own journeys and at the same time are still learning and growing yet to be experts. It encourages me and challenges me at the same time. Which is wow. nice. Okay, I really... I think that's what we, we like to get across. You know, we're not experts. Yeah. We're learning, we're growing. And we were once, you know, once I'd never made sauerkraut. Once I'd never made milk kefir. Yeah. You know, we're all on a journey. And like like this person says, we're all learning and growing. So yeah, I really... challenging and inspiring is good. Mm -hmm. I really appreciate that podcast because you and I talked before we started. <clears throat> we discussed like the scope and the vision for our podcast. And that that review really sums up what you and I said in the beginning that it seems like so many, I don't know. I sometimes get overwhelmed when I try to listen to podcast episodes or something. And it's all this really heavy duty technical stuff from people who are like, Oh, I have never eaten food from a grocery store ever. And I, you know, it's like, what, you know, I'm just not on that level. Help. Mm. Like, where do I, where do I begin? So, um, that review really hits the nail on the head. That's exact, exactly what you and I said when we started, Allison, that this is the podcast we wish we had when we started. Yeah, so, completely. Yeah. That was that was my motivation entirely. Mm -hmm. This is the podcast that I want yeah. to listen to. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I have to make it. <laughs> no, not unfortunately, because I get to talk to you, which is just awesome. So, <laughs> okay, I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna yeah, move cool. this chair that my thing is sitting on for just one second. So, mm -hmm. hang on. I hope okay. it doesn't make a funny sound. But I think I might have figured out what part of the funny sound is from my microphone, Allison. I noticed the edge uh -huh. of this cushion I'm sitting on is mm -hmm. pushing up against the leg of the chair. And then I noticed just out of the corner of my eye, mm -hmm. the like slightest vibration mm -hmm. in the frame that holds the microphone. And I wonder if that's wow. what it is. <laughs> Never noticed that before. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so you you take the cushion away. You're not allowed comfort. Stand and record. Okay. So let's let's. <laughs> okay.
Okay. Everyone's Let's talk like, about food. Such a great we? podcast until that episode, and then they just kind of lost it. Um, okay. Let's talk <laughs> about the the past year and recording a podcast. We don't. What about your breakfast? We're not going to talk about your breakfast first. Wow. I. You know. Have you? Did you eat? Did you eat today? And all I take note. Um, <laughs> yes, I did. As a matter of fact, I had a lovely breakfast this morning. So, um, let's see. What did I have? I. I have these little einkorn rolls left over from Thanksgiving, so I split. They're really mm-hmm. tiny. <coughs> Excuse mm-hmm. me. Sorry. Um, because when you have a big dinner, you want a tiny roll. <laughs> you don't want a giant roll because yeah. you want to try all the yeah. different gravies and everything. Um, and then I had some sharp cheddar. Um, I toasted the mm-hmm. biscuit in a little bit of lard. And then um, I toasted a little bit of thinly sliced turkey, leftover turkey breast, in some of the lard mm. and and then I had two hard-boiled eggs and um, anyways I had some Ningxia red and a little bit of mm. orange juice with um, collagen and turmeric in it and now I'm beautiful yeah it was really good I <clears throat> I really have noticed that um, like it makes a big difference for me. I got really lazy taking the Ningxia red, which for my body, mm-hmm. I noticed um, had some detrimental effects over the past month and mm-hmm. a half. So I just put it back onto my schedule as don't forget, take it in the morning. Um, just like you, like an ounce, you know? Um, I think that... Could you explain to people listening who don't know what it is, what it is? Oh, um, well, it's a beverage made out of it's a whole fruit puree, basically, of Ningxia berries with um, essential oils from a bunch of different plants. And mm-hmm. for some reason, with me and my tendency towards having, um, I don't know if it's anemia or just low iron processing systems in my mm-hmm. body or what it is, um, for some reason, that is the thing that stands between me and the slippery slope. So... I had to go back to making mm. sure I took that every day. And now I'm just drinking some coffee with a little raw milk that I steamed and some maple syrup. And I'm feeling pretty happy. <laughs> That's a veritable buffet mm-hmm. for breakfast. That sounds lovely. I have noticed really that nice. I like having a little bit of a lot of different things rather than just yeah. one big thing. So yeah. like, I don't know why it makes me happy to have that variety. Just like a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of this. <laughs> I think there's a there's a sort of a taste sensation. You mm, get all those different maybe. sensations of taste, yeah. but also there's a kind of abundance mm-hmm. thing that that brings in. Yeah. It, it just feels so nice. No, you're right, Alison. Actually, that abundance is a great note because I've noticed that if I have a little bit of a lot of different things, I don't need very much to feel like satisfied in my Mm. brain and in my body and like that variety you touched on crunch and and like squishy biscuit and um like density of cheese and all those things um whereas if I just had one like homogenous bowl of something my brain would be seeking the variety and and translate it into just I need more I need more you know interesting Allison Uh, well another Another food psychotherapy session with Allison. <laughs> okay. Did you have lunch? Because I'm hoping you did. Yeah. Okay. What yeah. What did you eat? What did you eat? We're, um, well, all three of us were home today. So we nice. had um, lunch, all three of us. And um, 
Flavio, my farmer, had some um, sheep, so for mutton, i.e. not lamb, um, recently. So we got a load of sheep. And I asked him for the innards, mm. and he gave me a bag, which in Italian is called la corrata, which seems to be basically the upper part of the innards. So no um, stomach and intestines, no tripe, but ham, the lungs, the heart, the liver, the pancreas, the spleen, and some other unidentified thing that I didn't know what it was, but <laughs> I trust Flavio, <laughs> so we ate it. Um, anyway, I cut all these up separately because um, I was I was semi-tempted to make something called corratella, which is a fry-up, basically, of all of the insides Ooh. of an, an animal that I just listed. You have to put the liver in later because the liver yeah. takes less time to cook. But I thought that might be a bit too much for us because it's quite, it was a sheep, so it's quite a lot, you know, weight. It wasn't a small animal's intestine. Like a chicken small animal's innards. Yeah, exactly. So I separated them all and I sliced the liver and I froze it and I froze all the other things as well. Got the liver out yesterday to defrost and cooked it for lunch today. And what was interesting was that these sheep are completely grass fed, which is why I jumped on them because oh, yeah. um, not every animal that a Flavio has is, is entirely grass fed, mm -hmm. but these sheep are. And um, we, we eat liver a lot, but usually it's pig or cow liver. Um, and I've got really, really used to the taste of pig and cow liver over the last five years because yeah. um, we used to get it in England as well. And as I was cooking this sheep's <laughs> liver, I realized lamb's liver was the thing that my mum cooked when I was a kid. It's the only liver she bought and the only liver she cooked. And suddenly I was just transported to being at home and my mother doing liver and bacon because the smell was in so different to the smell of pig liver or cow's liver. And the taste was amazing. I don't know if it's just because I like sheep's liver or whether because it's grass fed, it was particularly good. But um, I was completely sold. I was like, I want more sheep, I want more sheep's liver. This is my favorite type of liver. And I don't dislike the other livers, you know, I like them. So um, we had very nice liver, which I fried in lard. And then we had broccoli which is from the local market, purple broccoli, Ooh. which I just boiled. And then um, we had two types of bread. One was a um, kefir um, leavened spelt, milk kefir leavened spelt. The other one was an experiment, um, which was grains from the rye beer that I made last week, which I dehydrated. And then I ground half of them into flour, left half of them chunky, and I made a kind of pumpernickel-style rye bread. So 100% rye. All The only thing I put in it was the grains from the beer, and I put spices in, um, and I put a starter with it. When I put the starter in it, I thought, you know what, these grains have already been eaten by the stuff in the beer, you know, the yeasts in the beer, because they made us beer. Do what, does this starter going to do anything? Because have they been eaten up or is the starter going to eat more of them? Does it eat different things because it's bacteria, not just yeast? And that sort of made me think for a moment, but I did it anyway. And then I made this pumpernickel loaf, which was delicious. Um, so we had a slice of that and a slice of the um, spelt kefir bread with lard on. We pretty much always spread lard on our breads at lunch. 
and then we had some of the rye ale with mm. it, which is now um, I think in the last podcast we I explained that I've changed my starter instead of making a separate sourdough starter. I started with a Boza starter. And so that's a yeast dominant starter, really heavy yeast dominant, not bacteria. And what I did when I made the last beer with that was I just kept some of the spent grain in a glass container in the fridge because it's got yeast all over it. And I just threw that back in the beer when I started a new one last week to start the beer. And it turned out really nice. Man. So... Yeah, it was a good lunch. I got chills when you described the smell of the liver and how it took oh, you back to your yeah. mom cooking. That is such a visceral mm. experience. It was. It was strange. I, I don't think I've ever cooked sheep liver myself, mm. you know, um, since I've not been in the, that house. It's been a long time wow. because I've just, I've just had pig liver and cow yeah. liver all the time. And the smell was so different and so immediately evocative that... Um, I mean, I'm sure that everyone's listening has a, has a food that they um, that they grew up with yes. that they remember the smell of. Yeah. And then when they cook it, it just takes them back to that place. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, this liver, it it, it it added to my enjoyment of the meal. Absolutely. Sure. Well, that's um, two thoughts come to my mind, and one is when I when I first started using essential oils, people would say this thing like. Um, Oh, essential oils or or or, fra- or fragrance smell in general uh, is the quickest means of moving somebody's brain into a memory because it literally yeah. yep. goes in and physically, like physically contacts you know through your olfactory system, physically contacts your brain and can like take you back. Mm. And they would always use the example of you know the smell of your grandma cooking apple pie, like this sort of familiar yeah. smell, and. I thought that was really interesting when I first heard it. And then once I heard it, I started paying attention and I was like, wow, this really Mm. is true. I even have, (laughs) I confess on the air, I have a (laughs) conventional chemical sort of like lotion, body lotion. It's Mm. in a bottle that's Mm. almost empty and it's still in the same plastic bag that it was in, you know, 15 years ago or whatever in my closet. Mm. And I don't wear it. I don't use it, but Every once in a while, I take it out and smell it. You just sniff it. <laughs> it was the lotion I was wearing the summer I met Gary, and it literally uh, immediately oh, takes beautiful. me into that like all the memories, the whole space, everything. Yeah. And it's wild, so I can't get rid of it. Somebody would, somebody would probably be horrified, be like, "Andrew, you have that in your house," but I'm like, "I can't. I'm sorry. It has to be there." Yeah, no. <laughs> and the. Amen to that. The other thought is the gift that you are giving Gabe because his visceral memories, you know, holiday memories, traditional memories, thoughts that bring him joy, foods that bring him joy will be these good things because there are things that people say all the time, oh, you know, I've cut everything out, but every once in a while I have to go back to this because it's what my mom made when I was little. And sometimes it's not something Mm -hmm. that really Mm -hmm. serves their body, which is fine. You know, Mm -hmm. you can have those little things here and there. But how cool is it that he will have all these amazing memories associated with these good foods? Yeah. I don't know which memories. I mean, it's almost like everything, you know, the beer Mm -hmm. and all the ferments and the bread and the offal and the you know veggies and the market it just it oh i wish that um i wish that more of that magic had been in my childhood i found it now so that that's fine and i'm giving it to him but i um i'm 
happy that I'm giving yeah, it to him. I absolutely. think it's the best thing to say there. Really. So, um, so yes, that's that's our food. As we dive in, I just want to <coughs> excuse me. Apologize to the listeners if you hear me coughing these horrible coughs. Maybe Rob can edit some of them out. But um, <laughs> I just got over just got over a cough, and so um, every once in a while it's. And now that I'm sitting here thinking, don't cough, then it's like, I just want to cough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so let's talk about, let's talk about this stuff. Allison, let's go back through the year and discuss yeah. some things, you know, where, where did the podcast start? What's it doing now? Um, and then what, mm -hmm. what have you and I been doing over the span of this year? And maybe. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Let's... So, um, I think. You know, we're we're as we're recording, we're um, virtually in December, and um, this time last year, although the podcast wasn't on the air because we didn't publish any episodes until March, we were just starting to record episodes, mm -hmm. not knowing what we're doing with kind of cables and screens and things everywhere. Um, and I remember with fondness recording the um, the tune for the <laughs> intro. <laughs> Because those, if you don't know, listeners, those chickens, those animals in the in the intro are Andrea's animals, and the sound at the beginning is me frying pancakes in a cast iron pan. So Rob had to hold the recording device there while I poured pancakes into my pan. Yeah. And then Rob, Rob's <laughs> yeah, recording your your birds. And then um. Rob said, oh, I can do some music. And, and he kind of yeah. just sat down and, and it, it, it just came together really nicely. And it's um it's got lots of nice memories. I, think, I really think sure. that we need to put the pig song on the Patreon. <laughs> I love that pig song. <laughs> you know what? That's a good idea. What Andrea is referring to is my, <laughs> my husband's a musician and he wrote a song several years ago about pigs. And he actually did a big project on it. Um, about factory farm pigs it's an amazing and um, it's quite it's it's kind of a rock and roll style song we could put that on Patreon oh my gosh please nice ask idea. him because it's so good it's so it's so catchy and and it's come on it's a song we all want stuck in our head <laughs> okay um, okay so yeah that was a year ago wild. and you looked up how many downloads we had didn't you I did before um, we came on Today, How many have we got? So we're recording this in the end of November, and we have fourteen thousand plus downloads. Un yeah, that just, only word. I, I can't get my head around. Have that. you ever heard people say, you know, oh, if you do a Facebook Live or you're doing like an Instagram Live class or something, and only five people show up, mm. don't be mad that it was only five people. Imagine if five people had like walked into your house and were standing there watching you. So when yeah. I saw this, yeah. I was like. Hey, Allison, how would you like to sing to 14,000 people? Like, would we even be able to get the words out? <laughs> there, we're looking. I think my heart would be beating too fast to speak. <laughs> like, food. What's food? What's food? I don't remember what food is. <laughs> yeah. But I it's think so. And safer in, so, in our basements recording. <laughs> yeah, it feels slightly different. But yeah, those figures are difficult to, um, to comprehend. But in, they they fill me with hope because this information that you know this growing that we're doing this learning that we're doing this own journey we're taking is so so important for health for our children for the um, environment for the planet and so the fact that twelve thousand people or twelve thousand downloads have happened yeah. gives me you know um, 
hope, I think it's the best word, that people are interested, you know, people want to know more, people want to learn, people want to um, learn more, do more and and want guides. And um, it's nice that we can share that and, and yeah. help in, in the little way we can. The most popular episode, actually, I know mm. the there's there's one that's been in the lead for a long time, but it kind of got usurped. The Nourishing Traditions book mm. episode has become now mm. our most downloaded episode of all. Um, that is a great episode if you... And you know what's funny, Allison, is um, mm. that episode I had that problem with my microphone. So every once in a while you hear that funny sound. And when mm. I was messaging with Hilda... Um, I'll tag her mm. in the comments, but for anybody who's listening, Holistic Hilda or Hilda Labrada Gore, she's um, the host hostess of the Wise Traditions podcast, and she was so generous to listen and give me some feedback, and she said, you know what, sometimes those things happen, but if the content is good, the listeners will stay, and her wisdom mm. is proven by the fact that that is the most popular episode now. That's crazy. Mm. Mm. So she knows her stuff. Um, I really enjoyed that episode. I really I enjoyed that episode. Honestly, and I... that was one of the episodes I probably had to prepare the most for because I wanted to give specific yeah. page numbers and I had to I had to go through the entire yeah. Nourishing Traditions cookbook page by page. Um, so, yeah, that took a minute. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I haven't known. 700 pages or something? Yeah. Well. A lot of pages. Um, the second most popular episode is the one that was in mm. the lead for a long time, quitting supermarkets. Mm. That's episode number nine. So that yeah, so that that one I did a lot of did. I did a lot did of a um, lot of the heavy work for yeah. Um, and I think that a lot of people have talked to me about that episode, and I'm hoping that next year we might be able to revisit it. We, we did say to. that yeah. to kind of have an update and also to um, help give people more guidance if they do want to do that as to how yeah. they can and yeah. inspire them to to move to the next step along that journey mm -hmm. so i'd like I'm, to bring i'm pleased that that one i'd like to bring some farmers some farmers into the podcast and talk to them and have them give you know from the farmer's perspective what are ways that we can work with the with farms and um because i will say by and large i've i've gone to farms in a lot of different states in the united states wherever we've lived and the questions I ask, more or less, mm. the answers are the same across the board. So, you know, if 10 farmers here are saying it's a really good okay. idea for a customer to do X, that's probably generally going to be true for most farms. Um, <clears throat> so I'd love okay. to get, I'd love to get some really farmer useful. interviews in 2022. Um, I already have some farmers that I've talked to and they said, yeah, we'll, we'll sit down. So, Excellent. so we'll get some of that up for you guys, some on here and some bonus content on the pay for the patrons as a thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, our third right. most popular episode is episode number 10 and I'm not surprised by this mm -hmm. at all. It's the interview with Ellie from Ellie's every day. How can, oh, that was such a good episode. How can we not love that one? Um, yeah, she is really a sourdough genius and I know we've talked about her a lot on the podcast but we're just big fans so she if you if you don't know where to start with sourdough instead of 
<clears throat> sending people 40 links and trying to explain things and copying pages out of books and mm -hmm. texting it to them from now on. All I've done ever since I met Ellie is just send them her. <laughs> I'm like, just go here. <laughs> this is That interview is very good. And there, there was a bit in it where um, she surprised even me when she said that um, she doesn't ever get her starter out and make a special leaven for mm -hmm. bread for sourdough. Yeah. She just keeps it in the fridge and it's been in there however many days and she just uses it. And I think so many people are so kind of caught up on they need to take the starter out, they need to feed it, they need to do mm -hmm. this, that and the other. And, and no, she just keeps a, a blob of starter in the fridge and uses yeah. it. And I think that, you know, that and all the other tips she gives in that episode is definitely worth a listen. And if you haven't listened to it, you know, if you listen to it then and you've moved on on your sourdough baking, listen again because you'll pick up Different. more. Yeah, She's I think that's what surprised me the most too was when she said that. I thought that was really good. Mm. Um, but what mm. <clears throat> what's really, uh, again, special and unique about her is that she does she works by observing and mod modulating her response to what she observes. So she observed that mm. she could get away with that. And so she does it. You know what I mean? Mm. Instead of being like, yeah. well, the book says, you know. So... Yeah, well, why not? You know, we've yeah. all got incredibly busy lives and that's what stops people making sourdough in so many cases. And so, hooray, you know? And we all want somebody to come into our kitchen and show us how to make sourdough. We all should have been given that experience, you know, like, like Gabe and, and I know my mm. kids all have the experience of working mm. in the kitchen making bread. That should be how, you know, that, that should be how... If you're feeling bad, like, I don't know how to cook sourdough, don't feel bad. And if your mom feels bad, I didn't teach you how to cook sourdough. She doesn't need to feel bad about it. You know, this was kind of taken out of our hands. And Allison, you and I talked about this in quitting supermarkets with the industrialization yeah. of bread making and all of that. But um, so we all want somebody to come into our kitchen and give us back that gift that that was taken from us. We don't all get to do that. The closest I would say you can get to that is go and watch Ellie because it's an actual video and she and it's free mm. and she's talking to you you know and she explains things and makes them understandable so it's kind of like having her in your kitchen yeah um yeah. and the wow. so we've done two of the live zoom cook-alongs now allison yeah. and i think we're kind That's of right. we're kind of planning to do one every season so uh winter yeah. spring summer and fall with you know seasonal foods those are really fun. So. And there's all other, there's other stuff up on the Patreon feed as well, isn't there? Yeah, Not I just think those. we've got 11-ish. Do we have 11 or 12? Probably 12 by the end of the year or maybe 13 by the end of the on year. On the Patreon feed. So so for the patrons, just as a um, extra gratitude for being financial sponsors of the show, we've created a special podcast feed where we put extra content that's just for the patrons. Sometimes it's bonus interviews after... The podcast interviews, um, there, there's another interview with Ellie on there. There's another interview with Rob, all mm. about tech stuff on there. Um, and then also the recordings, video and audio from the live cook-alongs that we invite the patrons to. Those go up there as well. So. Yeah, and hopefully even more next year. I've really enjoyed creating extra content. I know. I've got lots of ideas for next year. I have so, so many. Hopefully that so will ideas. just get bigger. I have so many ideas. Um, too. Yeah. So let's talk a bit about what what we've learned from the process of putting together the podcast because I think it's um there are, certainly for me there are some lessons in there which I think are useful to share. Um, shall I go first or do you want to? Why don't you go? I want to hear what you have to say. 
Okay. Before I so, say something wrong. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I would say, yeah, there's quite a few things that I've learned. Um, in brief, I would say that I've learned that I can talk about things, not just write. So in the past, I've lacked confidence in talking and I've, I wouldn't say hidden behind writing because I love writing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've thought, oh, I'll write about it. But I've been very, very nervous to talk. And I think this this year has shown me that I can talk about things because, you know, I've had people telling me, you know, oh, it's great. I love the way you explained that. I, a great you know you talked about that in such a clear way I and and I'd say well I was a bit nervous and I I didn't know if I sounded right and they were like no you just you sounded brilliant so there's given me some confidence that I can actually talk I don't have to hide behind you know pre pre-planned words all the time um the second thing that it that it's taught me is that working together is better mm. than working alone I think I mentioned on one of the other podcasts that when we, um, when I first had the idea of doing a podcast, I tried recording some bits on my own, <laughs> and it just sounded terrible. Oh. <laughs> and so, you know, working with you to be able to bounce off each other and get inspired by each other and help each other, not only has made the recordings more enjoyable for me, but also working with you to promote it and to do all the admin around it is incredible to have someone else to work with you know and someone if in your in your my case our skills and our personality complement each other you know if we've got other sides of a circle in a lot of things and um that's been a wonderful experience this year because I don't I haven't had much experience in the past of launching something that then becomes more than just me you know it's it's a it's something that you and I do together and it, it as a creative project it has its own <clears throat> life as something that's shared yeah. and that's been really interesting to watch this year yeah. the other thing that um, I wanted to point out was that I've also learned that things don't have to be perfect it's easy for, for me and I think for a lot of people to hide behind perfectionism and never get anything done but I know um that's just a a horrible thing to follow and putting it out and seeing that we've had that many people download and that many people engage and that many people want to support us even though it's not been 100% perfect how I would like it in a you know if I had a dream world just shows me it doesn't need to be perfect you know these are standards that are just crazy and set in my head and they stop the imparting and the sharing and the community uh-huh. if you uh-huh. hide behind them. Uh-huh. So that's my two cents worth, I think, on what, what it's taught me this year. It's been, a, it's been wonderful to learn all those things. Do you ever? How about you? Well, do you ever go to a podcast that's been around for a while and you scroll back to the beginning and you like want to hear that yeah. first one and yeah. it's all raw and the sound is kind of tinny yeah. or whatever and you're like, yeah, they're just doing it. Like, like recording yeah. this, you know, just... <laughs> conversation in a garage or whatever and it's so cool um i love i love that Mm. so i think the thing i learned is that the technology is definitely the hardest part for me um okay (laughs) poor rob like trying to comprehend what i'm saying from across the ocean like through you through instagram or whatever Um, it's a thing that that has like a it's like a chord thingy you know (laughs) Um, yeah. So, so 
I think the best thing he said was, well, if I could, could be there sitting next to you, I could see what you were doing and I could help, mm. you know? So it's, yeah. it's, it's definitely been a learning curve for me as far as the technology goes. Um, you and I having kind of internet, you know, you're in Florence, Italy, I'm in Washington mm. state, USA. And, mm. So we're having to do all these independent recordings and then Rob is having to mix them and, um, mm. you know, your, your battery might go out or my headphones yeah. weren't plugged in or something has happened. Yeah. And it's just very, I'm very grateful that we have Rob with, this would not be happening. This would not be making it to the air without Rob because he has yeah. salvaged so many episodes that, um, I mean... I, there's been times I just felt sick that, oh, no, I ruined it, you know, but he was able to piece it back together. So um, that's really impressive to me. Um, I resonate with that because that happens in my life very often and he pieces it back together. <laughs> <laughs> well, now we know what his mission is. Um, and then right when, when we hit kind of this apex of things being crazy for me, and I know you guys had a lot with, you know, um, it was before Gabe went back to school and stuff like that. Um, Sabrina and Colleen mm. kind of jumped in cause they saw me kind of drowning and they were like, let us help. So they helped work on the show notes and timestamps for, um, a big chunk of time so i'm really grateful for that and then yeah thank you both yeah all the work sabrina is doing on trying to get our little graphic done and whatnot so yeah um having people come alongside and just say hey you know we're here we can help they they believe in the message as well that we're trying to share and um so i'm grateful for that help from them so mm. thanks girls uh yeah that's kind of also, I've learned, nice. and I just did it. Mm -hmm. I just did it, but I've learned by re-listening. <clears throat> for all of you listeners, the show notes have been written by a variety of people. Um, Allison, me, Sabrina, <laughs> and Colleen have all taken shifts. And when it's my turn, I have to listen to myself talk. And that's probably one of the most painful things <laughs> you'll ever do, listen to myself talk. Um, but one thing I've learned is I don't always finish my sentences. I start a sentence and then I leave it hanging and I just start a new sentence and I move on to something else because you're thinking, oh, I'll write down this as a quote that we could use on the podcast show notes. And then I never finish the sentence. So that, I guess, like you said, I think you came onto the air, Allison, already polished and knowing how to speak i don't know is winston churchill no. like your grandpa or something it's just because i said it's just because i've got a british accent i sound like i do <laughs> no, that helps no, right no. that's not true allison because i have taken show notes and i can get more quotes out of you than i can out of me. <laughs> <laughs> because you finish your sentence i like listening to you even if you don't finish your sentences apparently i like listening to you <laughs> well thanks <clears throat> um, so listening to myself i think has actually helped me to improve my hmm. self slowly as we go learning to not jump in with a bunch of ums and ahs i think that's one of the first things that i learned speaking in general to people doing facebook live videos and things like that was hmm. when i don't know what to say just be silent for a second rather than pack in yeah. an um or an ah in the, in the middle. 
So that's not related to ancestral food at all. But if anybody's wanting to speak, there you go. It's hard to do that, though. I remember when, before Gabriel was born, I joined a Toastmasters group in Florence. I was going to say, I used to go like and speak there. And um, I only stayed there for about five months because I got pregnant and we went back to England. Um, but just a few speeches I did there, it, the practicing of them at home made me realize how much I ummed and ahed and how much I rushed. And yeah, like you say, listening to yourself, anyone who's done any sort of speaking, mm -hmm. listening to yourself is really um, eye-opening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's important and painful. It's like watching videos of yourself lifting weights or running or something, you know, to work on your form. Mm. You're, you're thinking, mm. I don't want to do that, but it really helps and it really improves things. So, yeah, <clears throat> I agree. Yeah, I can't imagine. Well, thanks for sharing yeah. that. Yeah. Thanks for sharing <coughs> this year. Mm -hmm. So what about, um, I wanted to go a bit personal as well and talk about our own, <laughs> our own lives. So 2021, from the perspective of our own lives and um, not only in the, you know, but in the kitchen, obviously, because that's important, but also just a little bit generally um, what we've learned in our own lives this year and what we've done in our own lives this year. All right. Maybe you can carry on and... and shift into your life rather yeah. than well, actually, the podcast why, why don't you go first because you've got more to say than I do oh okay have I oh okay <laughs> okay I need I need to cough now hang on <clears throat> well, I saw your notes so I know I know what you I know you've got more okay. than I do <laughs> I made some notes yeah I made some notes of this so um yeah so for our my life with Rob and Gabriel here, the most important thing, or the most important things that have happened this year is that Gabriel has started a school full time in Florence and that is something he's never done before. And it's an Italian language school and it's a beautiful, beautiful school um, that we are so happy with. Um, and that has meant that our routine's completely changed because he's out of the house five days a week and that's never been the case. It also has meant that there's been a bit more time for Rob and I to move forward with our own projects and to do things because, um, you know, we need to make ourselves sustainable here in Italy, which we're not at the moment. So we, we've, we've actually had some time to do some things, which has been wonderful. And Gabriel is thriving at the school. Um, his Italian's improving. And that just, it's been, it's been, um, it was a decision we made in May and there were several other things on the on the horizon that we could have gone towards and we made a very conscious decision even though it was a scary decision um, financially to move towards this school because it just felt like the right thing I mean when I visited the school I I had to stop myself crying it was so wonderful um, so that's been a big thing for us this year and I think we've I feel like I found community this year because we've been in the same place and I found community online with what I'm doing on Instagram with what we're doing on the podcast I've talked to the most amazing people and and got involved in conversations and shared things mm. and it's felt wonderful to have people around me virtually who are into the same things that I'm into yeah um, and then that community is kind of spreading out into real life in person here now in that you know, we, we've been to our farmer's market now um, for almost a year every week and we're starting to meet people. I've got involved in a permaculture garden here and I've been, I've had my pizza cooked in a um, wood-fired stove. We're really starting to find community 
here in Pontesieve, the town where we live. So those three things have been really vital for us this year. In the kitchen, I've done... Oh, what haven't I done in the kitchen this year? I tried to remember. So I've done a lot of beer. And I don't think I was making beer at all this time last year. I don't think I'd done anything with it. I've done a lot of it. So... I went back and found that 5,000-year-old recipe and been trying that. I, I don't know how many beers I've made, but it's been quite a lot. And I've learned a lot. I've made a lot of breads, as always, including, um, you know, trying other techniques other than sourdough. So I've done lots of yeast waters, uh-huh. which has been really interesting. I've done chocolate, which I don't think I was making chocolate this time last year. And that's just been fabulous. I did some strawberry wine. I've done some meat. Um curing for the first time and then in and around all that activity I've documented my um, Turkish millet based ferment drink Boza and made a course of it on my site and then I've done the same for Suens, a Scottish oat ferment and I've put that one over at the fermentation school who are um, creating a wonderful project there. I've got videos on my website now for sourdough porridge and polenta which anyone can can go to i started a newsletter which is something i've wanted to do for ages but not had the time until gabriel went to school yeah, i just got so all those things have happened um and um then yeah i've i've i thought i'd write what i'd read because those really are things that have driven me this year so I read The Secret Life of Chocolate and we had Marcus on the podcast on one of our earlier episodes um, interviewing him about um, traditional uh, Mesoamerican chocolate. I read a book called Bibi's Kitchen, which was quite interesting. I've read um, Stephen Harabuna's Sacred and Herbal Healing Beers, which influenced me a lot. Mm-hmm. And then I followed that up with a farmhouse brewing techniques book. Um, I read Paul Barker's Naturally Fermented Bread, which led to the yeast water breads. And then I got another copy of Wild Fermentation, which just sent me off. That's what sent me off on the beers, that book, getting another copy of that. Um, And I've read some Italian books on food, one on bread. And then I've just finished um, Carolyn Steele's Cytopia, which is a tome of a book and so much history and so much vision that um, has really inspired me mm-hmm. so that's my reading mm. and I think um what I've learned in my life is that um really small things make a difference so each of these things was just one evening reading or um one attempt at making some beer um one post about something on Instagram and slowly over the year things have built and come together and through you know persisting with all the things in my life in the kitchen, persisting going out looking for community, persisting in sharing stuff, persisting in beer when it went wrong. I've, I'm creating something for each of those attempts, whether they work or whether they don't, whether they're scary or whether they're not, whether they're difficult. And at the same time, that is teaching me to have patience because, you know, when I hadn't done those things, I was like, well, I want, I want to be able to make beer. I want to be able to have a community. And I can see that these things take time. But if you consistently apply effort to them, then you get results. And I think I've started to feel those results around me um, this year uh, through those little efforts, little regular efforts. And that feels really good. You know, it feels like I'm on the right track. Yeah. The 
fermentation. So, yeah, that's that's me. Hey, we can um, all take a shot of kombucha because you mentioned wild fermentation. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I have a few questions for you, Allison, that I think yeah, I think will be illuminating for listeners. Some you have told me a bit about, mm. but I want you to mention since we're on the air. So one, you mm. you did allude to it real quickly, but I want you to talk to me about what your reading time looks like. So the books you mentioned, I have seen these books. Mm. They're not short books. They're like 600 page books. Okay. Mm. So, mm. And you talked about <laughs> goes to school. You guys don't have a vehicle. So you're walking yeah. to markets, you're taking trains and yeah. um, you're doing all this cooking, you're writing courses and things like that. So my first question is talk to me about your reading mm. time. So the reading time is very important and it, it, sometimes other things overtake it when the kitchen's a mess and we have to clear it up and there's not much time before bed but really I feel like our reading time is a, a, um, a kind of a compass point for me in my life that just guides me every day so generally after dinner we have our supper quite early here we tend to eat between somewhere between half past four and six and then um, generally we we sit around while um our dinner's going down sometimes Rob will play guitar because he's just rebought a guitar which is exciting mm. um and then we'll wash up and by we by we I mean Rob will wash up and then um once that's done yeah, once that's done it's just reading that's what we do so from sometimes from about six sometimes from about seven sometimes if we're really busy from about half seven we read as a family and we tend to try to share the books out between us so we have a family book that Gable is really involved in and we would read together What's that? so you'll be actually pleased to hear at the moment it's The Hobbit ah, yeah. and we just read we just read Harry Potter 1 and 2 which Gable's really into and um, don't tell him but he's got the rest of the books for Christmas Ooh. we found some second hand <laughs> oh, yes. um, and uh, yeah so that we just started The Hobbit sometimes yeah, I can't remember what other books. Sometimes they're e-books, sometimes they're, they're actual books. And then we tend to read something of, of my choice as well. And sometimes that's these factual books. So The Secret Life of Chocolate was read out loud by Rob wow. to, to both of us. So 700 pages of that book was read with the three of us sitting together on a sofa with Rob reading it out loud. And generally, sometimes Gable's engaged, sometimes he isn't and he plays with lego or blocks or something or drawers um but he's had all of those words passing over his ears um so we read the farmhouse beer book like that we read stephen harabuna's book like that sometimes we read fiction for ages i've been struggling to find fiction that i liked but we found a couple of good books this year which i've enjoyed and then basically that's our reading time. We then go down um, downstairs because our bedroom's downstairs, um, get ready for bed. And then we get into bed and alternate nights, Gabriel has something read to him, which he likes. And then, then I get to choose something. Rob sometimes gets to choose, but not very often. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's our evenings. I mean, unless we're going out, which we don't really do in the evenings because we don't like going out in the evenings. Yeah. Um, we like being together and reading and and sharing and so that that's what we that's how we read yeah isn't that 
the it's time, so though, quite magical. when families are supposed to be scrolling Instagram and watching reels for hours, Alex? Yeah, that doesn't happen. Doesn't <laughs> happen. It's been hard. But, well, as you know, as, as most people who've been listening to us know, if they've listened to the Why I Gave Away My iPhone oh. episode, I don't have an iPhone and Rob doesn't have a smartphone. And um, we, unless there's an absolute emergency... Once we sit down for that evening meal, mm-hmm. there are no um, interactions with any form of um, technology other than ebooks. Yeah. After that time, you know, the the internet goes off and that's it. Yeah. So yeah, that's our that's our time. And because we don't have a TV, we just and because we haven't had a TV for so long, I don't even miss it. I no. don't. No. I, I'd much rather sit on the sofa and have something read <clears> to me. And. For everybody who said that you love listening to Alison talk, one of those books that she read out loud, um, Weathering Heights, mm. Alison, you were kind enough to actually have Rob mm. record you while you read it. And we have the entire mm. thing posted online. I'll, I'll link that in the show notes if people want to go listen to Weathering Heights Thank for you. free. Um, I have another question for you, Alison, um, pertaining to yeah, what you said. Go. So <clears throat> you alluded to not underestimating the little chips of time mm. that we put into things mm. that can be taken both positively and negatively little chips of time on Instagram can eat away all the productivity mm. of a day uh, and I know we talked mm. a lot about that on why I gave away my iPhone episode mm. which I will link that in the show notes as well but um, you have um, these video courses that you produce and sell, you have mm. a blog, you have an Instagram, you have newsletters, mm. you have a podcast, mm. hello, and mm. <laughs> yet you have your, on you prop, with all of this that you produce, oh, you have two Instagrams actually because of the podcast one as well, so with mm. all this online content that you produce, you spend less time online than probably anybody I know. So other than like little, mm. little people. So I was wondering, mm. and again, you do go over this in more granular detail on the iPhone mm. episode, but I was wondering if you could just briefly describe to us what your online work time looks like. Yeah. So um, it's inspirational to me n- that you create all no notifications content. on any, no notifications on any device absolutely 100% essential um and then blocks of time so if I particularly want I tend to do Instagram in the afternoon so in the morning if I have a block of time and I have something I want to do I will not check Instagram not go anywhere near any form of things like that and I will just sit down without the internet on and write or create or plan I have, um, I kind of do a spider diagram about once a week usually where I try and get out of my head the chaos of ideas <laughs> that's um, in it and put it down on paper. Yeah, like a, I just use coloured paper and I, I have all the different areas of my life and I just have kind of lines coming off it a bit like a spider where I put in all the things that need to be done in the house, all the things that need to be um all the things I want to do in the kitchen this week, all the things I've got to do for the podcast this week, all the okay. things I perhaps might write this week, just so I can keep it all down in one place so it doesn't haunt me at night time. Uh, okay, all right. And um, so, yeah, then in the morning, I tend to try to work on the most important thing, 
Um, and I mean, I know people have written books about that, you know, mm. bite the most important thing first. So I, I will do the most important thing. Sometimes that's Instagram because I have a lot of my communication on Instagram. But if not, I will sit down and I will plan something or write a blog post or um, work on something in the kitchen. And then I will stop and I've turned off and my device is nowhere near me. And that's it. And then really the way that I handle social media is that I really only use Instagram and I then go on Instagram and I do everything I want to do on Instagram then I close Instagram and because I have no notifications I don't get that reminder all the time and I've noticed because as the years gone on I've, I've got more followers and I've had much more interaction and I love that but I have noticed that my time on Instagram is becoming longer just to me to get mm-hmm. to all the messages mm-hmm. and get to all the comments because I'm, I don't want to leave a comment uncommented on, you know, right, I, I, right. I appreciate community so much and I appreciate the time that anyone takes to comment on one of my posts. Um, yeah. And, you know, if people want to share with me, I want to share with them too. Um, so what I've done during the year, as things have kind of hotted up a little bit and I noticed that I was spending more time is I've tended to cut some days out of my week more where I don't do stuff I don't do Instagram and you know because I've got the podcast now we've got the podcast that is another channel where I'm sharing stuff and I'm building community and so Instagram can you know the the foot can come off the pedal a bit on that to my previous kind of high standards I set for myself because I'm it's okay you know I've I've got things that I've done and the podcast is is going along really nicely and so I I'm always conscious of what I'm doing and how much time I'm spending and making sure that I block things so oh you know I do my email and I do my Instagram and then literally when it's dinner time it's off yeah. that's it you can wait till tomorrow yeah. or wait till the next day do you block your whole day or just your computer time Mm, well the reading is a block you know that kind of after dinner thing generally that's a block of reading I don't block the rest of my day apart from that really we have a rhythm I'd say rather than block Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know so I come up in the morning I generally stir my ferments we um I sit down and have a a ginger tea or something and then I'll have breakfast It's, it's kind of a rhythm I do that most days and then most evenings we're reading um most because I cook three times a day mm-hmm. most times at lunchtime you'll find me chopping something and cooking something so it's kind of a rhythm rather than a block yeah yeah I think I have so many more questions but I know like I just I I, yeah. I love the way your mind works I want to hear about you okay I, I just love the way your mind works and I know <clears throat> these are Thank questions you. people ask me sometimes like wow how does Allison she doesn't have a smartphone like you can't actually post in your own stories right you have to send it to somebody um no I can now I had to yeah I, I didn't used to be able to when um when I started on Instagram I couldn't post any stories at all um but now the device that I have the version of Android on it and the situation I've got on that device means I can post stories I am um, I can't post videos. I have to use a different device to post a video. So um, there's just a way of working with this e-ink screen that I use that I've learnt what it can do and what it can't do and I play to its abilities wherever possible. And, you know, that 
that's good enough. Yeah. It really is. Go go back to the, um, again, the why I gave up my iPhone um, episode if anybody mm. wants to learn more about the EEX yeah, screens. And I, I have a friend, Allison, whose baby had um, a necessary brain surgery. And um, mm. she said she, you know, she doesn't really put her kids in front of screens all that much but she said what she's noticed is if the baby is in front of a screen she really mm. behaves differently um like it really something mm. as a result totally so i was telling her a little bit about rob and his experience mm. and how the, the way the baby sounds almost as like where rob was you know um mm. she just mm. got there by that's interesting isn't it it's like a sensitivity is just there yeah. Yeah. and a baby has it right up front and forward and it just so happens that rob has not lost that sensitivity yep. you know for so so for anyone who does have a kid with uh, like a serious sensitivity to screens and stuff like that um definitely check out that episode and for sure jump on the patron feed and listen to where rob went really in depth i asked him a lot of questions okay so my year <laughs> tell me about you yeah i want to hear about your year because you've just done such amazing things in your home with your land that i want to hear about it <clears throat> okay so i well okay it, what i wrote down because I, I was like let me jot down my thoughts before we start so i don't get lost was mm. i don't feel like i've done a lot of creative things i feel more like i've cashed in on a lot of skills that I've spent a long time learning that are now coming into play. So it wasn't that I so much did tons of things that were new to me. So at first I felt a little bad. I was like, man, Allison came up with all these creative things and she's doing all these fun, like making, you know, botanical waters and things like that. And I was just happy. But you have three children and turkeys and chickens. I was just happy if we had bread on the table, you know, like, (laughs) Anyways, um, I was thinking about in years past, I felt like I was always trying tons of new recipes and learning new skills, but then I realized that was just laying the groundwork for this past year of living out here finally on the farm and having our own birds to tend Mm. and butcher and part and pluck and freeze and cook and use and eat. Um, So that's how I feel like my year has been. Um, and what has that taught you? What has, has doing all that stuff that you knew about before but you never put into practice, what what has it actually taught you? I, I think there's two things I've learned. One is if you aren't where you want to be yet, just keep working on the skills mm. because by the time you get to where you want to be, it's too late. It's really helpful yeah. if you can learn them when you're not in a crucible. <laughs> and mm. when I was a teen... I was always very interested in these sorts of things. You know, I had a little garden and um, I taught myself canning. And um, then when we got married, I really dug in. Like I bought books. I got the art of fermentation. And I really wanted to actively learn as many skills as I could. I felt almost like a pressure to do it because I kept thinking, once we have kids, it will be harder to learn the new skills because I thought... Yeah. You know, there's all the day-to-day work. And it's true. It is harder. So I was glad that I spent that time before I had kids. Um, although I learned a ton of skills after I had kids too. It's just a little bit slower paced because you can't, you know, sit down and read for six hours at a time. Yeah. Um, so 
things that we've done a lot of is chicken, turkey, and duck raising and butchering. So learning those mm-hmm. skills. Um, we have not raised a hog, but we have participated in the butchering of hogs and we've done the parting. Um, learning how to package meats, learning what my favorite ways to package meats are, packaging and labeling for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, we've done a lot of canning, dehydrating, baking, freezing, and animal husbandry. Less so much gardening. Um, but that will probably mm-hmm. come more next year. So we've been working on a huge compost pile with the intent of being able to use it next year on our garden. <laughs> so that's awesome. So that's kind of how it feels like it's been. Nice. And what are the birds taught you? Because I know you had some birds that have died and you've raised your yeah. own birds. Yeah. And I'm really, and you've, and you've, like you said, you've um, killed a bird, you've killed birds. So I'm, I'm wondering what that kind of cycle mm has left what imprint that's left on you yeah okay oh and i just realized i said i learned two things one was <clears throat> cashing in on the you know learn the skills now while you have the chance and the other was um that it's okay mm. to not be in a hyper creative mode sometimes sometimes just to be in the oh yeah totally mode. um and then i have noticed actually in the past month my creativity has started to jump up again and i think it's just because th- winter's coming it's slowing down a little bit um yeah. i spent more time at yeah. home so um, the birds. So I had butchered before I had done the kill before. Um, we had our own animals, but I had never raised the animals myself and then also butchered them. Um, so one thing I learned is that it's okay. And I think it's even a good thing to name the animals, even if you're going to butcher them. I know people always say, don't name the animals, but I say, why, why not name the animals? Why not build a relationship with the animal and love it? And then appreciate it all the more when it passes passes out of this life into the next and leaves the nutrition behind in the body to sustain you and your family. Why not name the animal and appreciate it? So we also put the name of the animal on the packages that go in the freezer so we know which one it was. And okay. um, I love what Slow Down Farmstead says. She says, we always put the name on the package so that when we eat the meal, we know who to say thank you to. And I thought that was Yeah, nice. that's nice. Yeah. So... We, we like to bless our food before we eat it. And when we say, say the prayer, we also say, you know, thank you for, um, you know, Stripey, the turkey we had for Thanksgiving, um, you know, his fun personality and how friendly he was. Um, and we just appreciate that bird. So Mm. the containers of broth and the containers of meat and the organs and things end up with the name on them. So, um, I've definitely increased my appreciation of farmers. (laughs) <laughs> all around the world. Yeah. I, of course, appreciated them before, as I know you do as well. Um, and you and I have visited farms and things like that. So it's not like we're unfamiliar with the aspects. But when <clears throat> every day, you know, you're either crawling through the mud or literally crawling <laughs> through the snow to gather the eggs, because if you stand, you're going to fall down the hill and smash all your eggs, which I've done before. Um, you know, when you're doing these things and the water freezes and you're out there at the, you know, crack of dawn trying to melt water or get them thawed water and, um, you know, or an animal is, has a problem and you have to, you know, drop everything you're doing, turn the car off, Mm. your plans, go take care of it. You know, these things don't, they wait for no man. There is no holiday that a farmer gets. There's no day off because, 
that would be like a day off from feeding your kids. You know, you don't get a holiday from feeding your mm. kids. You've got to feed them. Um, so I've learned that farming and everything on the farm. <laughs> Actually, I think in all life, if you really boil it down, but everything on a farm revolves around two things feeding creatures and getting rid of the waste that's literally that's literally <laughs> simple as that thing. Yeah. that's it that's everything revolves around that um and and um yeah it's, it's been really wonderful um sometimes it's been hard sometimes it's felt overwhelming and then you just have to i lexi said a really good phrase to me she said are you managing your house or is your house managing you and i hmm. when i start to feel overwhelmed i run that that through my brain and I think am I, I managing like the house or am I letting the house manage me mm. and it just lets me sort of shake myself and step back into the driver's seat um <laughs> and the other thing is somebody sent a picture of this guy like his face sticking up out of the water drowning <laughs> and and it shows like me with my life problems and then the next picture is like a side view of him he's sitting in like one foot of water with just his head sticking out of the water and it's like you know <laughs> dishes laundry it's not really that it's not really that big of a thing and we just let it become our mind mm. um so yeah you've worked hard this year i mean i yeah, i don't not... i think that you know we've worked we've both done things but like you said you're working you're building something and you're using the skills that you built on and learned before and yeah god crikey with all of that you've done a lot this year you know there's nothing there's no um there's no looking at what I've done and saying that you haven't because wow you know and I've seen and heard firsthand how many um issues there's been with <laughs> with the birds and how difficult it's been so i uh, yeah i give you so much credit yeah. for that it's amazing it's i mean I every skill every skill you learn will come into play um, um business you know hospitality all of that has come into play as we've also started the hip camp out here so that we can generate yeah basically yeah, all about yeah basically yeah. just Don't generating well. some funds on the farm to help the farm sustain itself <clears throat> help mm. us work on the property um and that, that has been a big learning experience too and also just really wonderful. And, and again, Sabrina and Colleen have jumped in and helped us out a ton. Colleen came out and took pictures a couple of times. She just took tons, like tons of pictures. Um, Sabrina was getting on Zoom calls with me and helping me take notes on things, you know, to learn about running a successful hip camp and things like that. So those girls have really, I guess the other thing I've learned this year is your community is so important. And you mentioned yeah. that too, Allison, like the patrons mm. that have jumped in to help us run the podcast and, um, you know, just my, my mom and my dad and Gary's parents and, um, <clears throat> just the people who come alongside you, who believe in you, even if they don't understand, or what you're doing isn't their thing. It doesn't, they just like, hey, Allison, I, I don't know anything about botanical water, but I, I believe in you and I know you're creating something. So I want to help and be a part of this, you know, that, that really means a lot and is really, really, yeah. that's the powerful, powerful thing. Thank you. That's nice to hear you talk about your year and, and what's come of it. I think that's really cool. Yeah. Thank Therapy you. with Allison again. <laughs>
<laughs> so 2022, it's nearly here. And um, I thought we could um, finish off by talking very briefly about what our plans are for next year, both for the podcast and for our lives. Okay. So shall I go first again? You should. So for the podcast, I want to carry on. <laughs> I'd like to, for sure. <laughs> and um, I want to carry on having really interesting guests because the guests have given us so much different perspective. But I also want to carry on having chats with you and covering really interesting topics. Carry on building the Patreon community. Um, so hopefully this time next year we'll have more patrons. Yeah. And do more of the interaction with them, meeting with them, and where they can meet each other as well. That would be really quite... Um, that would satisfy me. Yeah. Um, in my kitchen and in my life... Um, I want to stay where I am. I have moved far too many times in the last decade and that is the biggest reason why I have not developed any community. And Rob and I kind of made a pact that, you know, we, we were plonked here. We didn't intend to, to move to this particular town and we had a crisis a couple of years ago and we ended up here and we just said, right, we've got to stay. Yeah. You know, this is yeah. important for everyone. Yeah. So... I want to stay here and I want to carry on building my community. I want to keep on having fun with my family and my friends and in my kitchen. I want to share what I love doing, which mm -hmm. I've done really satisfyingly this year. Mm -hmm. And I want to keep, keep measuring myself by my own standards, not by someone else's standards. Oh, yes, Alison. Even, even if that means that I've got to have crazy amount of faith that there's an answer out there somewhere to a dilemma or that what I want or need in my life will come to me so even if it seems impossible I want to use my own kind of compass to guide me not someone else's yeah. I'm in the kitchen I want to make more beer I want to get much better at making beer and I want to understand it more and I want to make more bread and then we'll see what other ferments come in and what other ways of cooking come into me. Um, you know, I, I love learning about ancient fermentation techniques and that's where I want to stay. And I'd like to start writing a book next year because I love writing, as I said earlier yes. on. And um, <laughs> I want to do some more courses. Hopefully I will do some more courses um, and get those out there. And I also hope that I will be able to start just getting getting organized enough to to write something more than instagram posts and blog posts would you ever do a botanical so yeast course would you ever do something like that <laughs> i might do i might do i'd have to make some more botanical yeast books and more botanical yeast breads but um i certainly i'd certainly do some bread courses for sure so hopefully maybe a bread course or two yeah. next year and um and a book Hopefully, she says. And I'll listen to this at the end of next year and think, what were you thinking, Alison? No, Alison, I will nag you for everybody's sake. <laughs> so how about you? Tell me about um, how you feel about the podcast next year because I haven't actually asked you. <laughs> and what's going on in your life and kitchen next year, what, what you want to do. Because it's like, Thank you. honestly, I look forward to Tuesday because I, I, I know I get to sit for an hour plus and talk. And just not not walk around and be off my feet for a minute, um, and hear your British accent. Uh, so, <laughs> one of the things that I have been working on actively 
and mm. I put a lot of thought and energy and dopamine into this and I'm continuing mm. to work on this is refining my kitchen management skills. And I know mm. I actually talked to Aaron, Chef Aaron, and he and I are going to record a special episode for the patrons on kitchen management um, things Wonderful. that he's learned from his professional years and working with farms and things like that. Working in a kitchen that works off of a farm is different than working in a kitchen that just gets frozen food delivered from, you know, a Cisco truck or something. Yeah. So there's different management skills that come into play there. And I want to learn that from him. Um, I've been working on uh, my own self-discipline and habits because that rolls mm -hmm. over into the kitchen and you and I, I know we talked about this before, but people ask you all the time, Alison, where do you find the time? And mm -hmm. I'll refer people again to why I gave away my iPhone episode. Alison's mm -hmm. not scrolling Instagram and the little minutes in between. And it's, uh, it's insane how much those things can add up to. And I definitely, definitely get sucked into that social media um, you know, dopamine cycle or whatever you said it was called, mm. um, <clears throat> where like it, it, you think you've been on it for five minutes and 20 minutes has passed. You think you've been on it for 20 minutes and an hour has passed. It's like, what? Yeah. So I have to manage myself because I can't trust myself. So, um, I've been like, I'll write down one, one of the best things I've learned. Um, I, I learned this a couple years ago was to time yourself doing a task. So for instance, um, this probably is useless information to you, Allison, so you can just like go get some tea or something, but for all the rest of us, uh, <laughs> humans without halos. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, can't, I can't see my halo, there's a mirror over there. I can't see it, it must just be invisible to me. <laughs> Those of us who still fall prey to the distractions of this world, um, I write down, uh, like if I have a list of tasks or whatever, if I just, just one task, if you just think, and I don't have time to load the dishwasher, well actually time yourself loading, I don't have a dishwasher, but I timed myself loading the dishwasher mm -hmm. at the old house, or I timed myself doing dishes, or time yourself making your bed, or whatever it is, um, it's totally mind-blowing and super helpful because sometimes you realize, wow, this actually takes way less time than I in my head thought. Like you think I don't have time mm. to make my bed and I'm really picky about making my bed. Like I want the pillows just right. I want the sheet just right, you know? Um, and I've timed. You've got the halo there. <laughs> I, I, I can see our bed from here and it's messy. Well, it's, it's because of the hip camp. It's made me really obsessive about linens, yeah, yeah. but, um, yeah. but I timed myself making the bed one time because I get up first and I, I usually have a couple hours into my day before the last of the little babies wake up and come out of the bed. And so it's not like I can just get up and make my bed. So yeah. Yeah. I have to put it on my task list to remind myself. Otherwise I won't go back to the bedroom and I won't see it and I won't remember. Yeah. And I would always think, oh, I just don't have the time to go make it. So I started timing myself making it. And at the most, it takes four minutes. So when I think, right. I don't have time to make my bed, I think, really? You don't have four minutes? Like, that's two reels mm. on Instagram or whatever, you know? <laughs> just go. That's telling, isn't yeah. it? Um, so that's been really helpful for me. And if you are like me and you get distracted or you try to do 12 things at once and don't do any of them very well, or you just make things into a monument in your mind, that is my helpful tip for you. So I'm putting that into play a lot 
working on my kitchen management this year, just knowing how much time it is. And, and you talked about time blocks for your Instagram, Allison. I do that on my chores yeah. too. So you say, you know, the block is an hour or whatever that you're working on emails or something and then you're done and whatever's not done mm. waits till tomorrow. So I've actually had mm. to employ that. <clears throat> Again, Lexi mentioned something to me about, I can't remember even why we were talking about this, but she was saying that somebody was telling her, you know, sometimes you can work so long on getting your kitchen so perfect that it actually becomes like a distraction and, and, and a non-productive behavior because you think to yourself, yeah, I agree with that. Oh, good. <laughs> you just think, well, I'm cleaning the kitchen. I'm being productive, but there comes a certain point, obviously deep cleanings are needed, but there comes a certain point and I totally get sucked into this where I'm like, let me just scrub this crack out and let me just like scrub yeah. the sink one more time. And then, and then it's just too much. So I've, for the first time in my life, I've had to put a time limit on how much time I can spend working in the kitchen doing like, you know, the refresh after a meal or whatever. And when that time is done, it's done. And this is going to sound really dumb, but it actually stays cleaner when I put a time limit on it. Yeah, no, I agree with you on that. You know, that's something that I've noticed over the last decade being with Rob, that I would be, that has to be really clean. That has to be really clean. And, and he just doesn't see it and doesn't notice. And you know what? He just said, just leave it. Come and sit down. Let's read. And and you know the world doesn't end right this it's is fine. a shocking thing allison the sun keeps going yeah. the stars keep coming out at night and the birds keep waking up in the morning it's even if you didn't good enough is good enough really good enough is good enough and you know if it's a creative process for you like writing or making art or you know making a cake or something then sometimes you want it to be extra special you know i know when i paint when i've painted in the past it, good enough isn't good enough it has to be how I want it to be and that's a you know that's a, the tension of being in the creative process but when it's your kitchen and you're using it three times a day and you just need it to be clean you need good to, enough you need is to good be enough functional you need it to be functional yeah. that's what you need and actually Allison even with painting and writing and everything I've heard so many people, you know, even great painters from the past and authors, I, I think even <laughs> JK Rowling, who you mentioned, um, mm -hmm. has said this too, that you can keep going back to it until you kill it. And yeah. there's a certain yeah, point where completely. you have to stop and walk away. And, and I've heard authors say, even, you know, sometimes they go back and they look at the books and they say, oh, I wish I had changed that word. But at a certain mm -hmm. point you had to quit. Yeah. So that, yeah. that's definitely it's the same in the kitchen. Yeah. Sadly for us. That's a really nice wisdom to, to finish on if you if you've if you're done with sharing your plans for next year because I think that's a I've used up that's a really good um, I've used up everything I have to that's give a, Alison. <laughs> a really good piece of advice to leave it with. Well we're um this is our last episode for twenty twenty one um because we're taking a break. Yes. Um <laughs> there'll be one podcast missing. We'll be back on the fourth of January next year yeah. with an episode hopefully <laughs> something we'll and um, I <laughs> I just wanted to say thank you to everyone who's listened who's commented who's shared we appreciate every conversation that has every come um, from part of this podcast yeah, thank you. and do talk to us do send us your feedback do let us know if there's topics you want us to cover 
do ask questions and do share with us because we love it. Yeah. Thank you. And send me your microphone tips. <laughs> <laughs> if you have tips for me and my microphone woes, send them. <laughs> oh, Lord. Okay, Alan. Okay, well. Let's wrap it. I'll speak to you next year. Ah! Talk to you next year. <laughs> Bye. We'll do. Ciao. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. We'd love to continue the conversation. Come find us on Instagram. Andrea's at farm and hearth and Alison's at ancestral underscore kitchen. Until next time, we both wish you much fun, exploration and satisfaction in and out of the kitchen. Thank you.